Hey everybody, welcome to the Indie Film Review. I am Jared, and with me as always is Daniel. What's up, Dan? Yes. Hi, I'm here, and I'm having no issues with audio whatsoever. Absolutely, 100% correct. This is our third attempt at trying to record this podcast. Oh my god. All right. (laughs) We're going to cut to the chase, guys. So, we review independent films here, and... um, Yeah. This week is no different. We we are going to record an episode about a film called When Everything's Gone. When Everything's Gone. This was sent to us by Alex Alessi. Hopefully I'm saying your name correctly. Yes. A slight backstory on this. So it turns out we should have covered this film probably in late October. But because I screwed up. We didn't get to it till just now. So Alex had actually sent us a message like, hey, uh, you know, I sent you guys my thing a while ago. Are you guys going to cover my film soon? And I look at this and I'm like, I'm sure it's coming up on the list. I checked the list. It's not even on the list. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, what did I do? What did I do? So, yeah, I dropped the ball on that. And by me, I mean, my name is Dan. Oh, uh, Dan. Uh, yeah. And I dropped the ball. Yes. And I am Dan. And I. Yes. Also drop the ball. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> no, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> so now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's review when everything's gone. Dan, you know yes. how the show works. First, I we're going to ask questions. Then after that, we're going to get to the spoiler section and uh, get into the nitty gritty. Wait, I thought I'd give us a, a synopsis first. Oh, that's only for good boys and girls. Uh, have they been good? I, I think don't know. they have. I think they've been All good. Right. I think <laughs> I think we can overlook a lot of the bad they've done at least. All I mean, right, I'll we're not put these Santa Claus, Jared. <laughs> not yet. Uh, <laughs> it's part of my goal, actually. Santa Claus, like the that whole thing that uh, this past Christmas, the Santa Claus miniseries, dude. It's now going to be a spinoff. I watched that, and it was actually not bad. Really? It was actually way funnier than the movies. Interesting. I mean, I, I thought the first movie was good, but I think the writing and some of the acting in it was actually a lot more fun. It's yeah. a stupid show, of course, but it made me laugh. So, okay. Anywho, so, there's my mini review of <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Cinebus, um, and longtime listeners know Cinebus, but synopsis is what we're going for. Okay, so when everything's gone is about when everything's gone, guys. Like the whole what? world goes to shit, and um, you know we don't know what it is. It's like some airborne kind of virus or something, maybe question mark. But mm-hmm. basically, something happens. Everybody dies except for a few people, and it's kind of the drama that happens at the end of the world, and um, follows a character through his journey of making it surviving and making his way downtown no it's making his way downtown surviving um recalling his past surviving his past in his Uh, memories it's 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 really about finding a reason to live yeah really finding his purpose in life and also enjoying a a nice beer you know because it's the apocalypse you just let's just have a couple brewskis why not so dan i'm gonna start off with music how did you feel about the music in this because what i'll say for it is i liked it it was like this nice piano Uh right but it didn't really it wasn't really like getting in the way of what the film was doing and i have more on that but i just want to hear your thoughts first and then we can it it was it was like like you said it's not intrusive it's not it's kind of a background 
element. It's it's not mm-hmm. bringing attention to itself. It is making it so that there's an accompaniment. Did I think it needed to be there? I I don't know. I think I'm in I'm indifferent for a lot of it. Mm. It didn't really bother me. It didn't really um make me go, "Ooh, that's nice." It just it's there. So yeah, it helped the story along, but I thought it could have been more unique with what it was trying to do to really set the tone. Because I mean, just having like a nice piano in the background is nice, but it's it's been done a lot before, and I feel like this film suffers from a lot of that. Where it's like I, all of the things I'm seeing are put together well, and they are good, but they're not like bringing it to a level of like, oh, I've not seen this before, or this is very interesting. Um, so it's it's this is a very like even kill. So go ahead. One thing, one thing that Jared's kind of bringing up here is there's so many films that kind of deal with the apocalypse and the end of the world, and so so much of it is in our popular culture. Like The Last of Us just released recently. Yeah, um, Walking Dead was like 11 seasons long. Uh, the Silence and um, that one movie that is also competing with The Silence, um, uh, The Quiet Place, like The Loud. Sense. The, the loudness, the bird box, the bird box place. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, like. Not that it is a bad film, like Jared said. It's just it's it's a very prominent concept that we see a lot. So whenever we see these tropes that we recognize, what we are looking for or what we uh, hope to see is just something that kind of breaks the mold a little bit. Because you know, I I can't fucking stand The Walking Dead. I I can't. It's it's <laughs> awful. And um, I think I maybe got through the first season. And yeah, then that's like the only, that's maybe the only good season, season two, like that's some of season, season two. I got yeah. really upset with season two and three. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Like this. It's it's awful. But I do like end of the film or end of the film. <laughs> I do like end of the films. I do like end of the films too. I do like end of the world films. I do like them yeah. a lot. Uh, they're they're a little bit of a guilty pleasure. I'll watch them no mm-hmm. matter what. I think this one is great, which kind of leads me to my question for you, Jared. Do you think this film deserves? It's 3.4 on IMDb out of 10. Oh, wow. That's so low. Yeah. No, I don't think so. That's like super crazy. It's criminal. This this, this film is really competently done in almost every aspect. The point I'm trying to get across is I just don't think it is... What's the word? I always say gimmick, but like I, and I say it as not a bad thing. Like what is the hook? That's probably a better word to say. What is like the hook? What makes, what separates this post-apocalyptic movie from all of the other ones that have been done to death? Think about that with like the zombie genre. And there's like so many different like zombie films that you could go watch. And then a film like Train to Busan comes along. Yeah. Where it's it's such like a unique take on that idea. And you really become endeared with the characters and and what's going on in that story. But if you look at it, you're like, it's just another zombie movie. Who cares? Why should I care about this? And it's it's all those like weird twists and turns that that go along with that story that really make it work. And with this movie, it's just like we're going through the paces and the numbers of like guy with his brother and then he meets like some new people and he's trying to like learn to i don't know trust and live again in this new society has i've seen it all before i've seen i've just seen well okay so there but this film does introduce interesting concepts that don't they, they don't necessarily get explored that much like one of my favorite things that i wanted to see explored more was whenever they were talking about the walls that were built to enclose the and you saw the walls you're like 
go mm-hmm. check out those walls. Tell me more about these walls because they look yeah, awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, imagine if they went to a junkyard with like a bunch of cars piled up and they were like fucking around with the wall. I don't know. They had to like get over it. I actually, I liked the special effects where they would superimpose images like a, a downed plane. Yeah, that was or awesome. Or they'd have the boats in the background yeah. and they would show them for just long enough so you didn't have enough time to be like, hey, wait a minute, is that really there? Well, I mean, I, I feel like that's out. what the, the walls were also it's perfect. CGI. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, but I, they I, look good. They do. And if they were explored more and not just mentioned in passing, but I guess like the, the point of this film is not, the, the point of this film is the drama that happens for this character. Yeah, um, and the character. But I like is, the lore. Is, I like the lore building, and I like the mystery yeah. of what's going on. And I, I would have enjoyed that being woven in more. But you're right; that's not what the story was trying to convey. The the, the character, um, Rory, I believe his name is Rory. He, he is played by Alex Alessi. That's right. So wrote, directed, and starred in this film. Um, mm-hmm. Jared. I think the cinematography to this film is fantastic. Like, yeah, the, the shots are composed so well. Like, one of my favorite shots is he's he's walking through a field and it's just a drone shot that's just hovering overhead. Yeah, a lot of really good drone shots in this. A lot of really good drone shots. A lot of really well composed, like kind of Fibonacci golden ratio scenes or frames. I mean, um, the the thing that and this is super nitpicky, but this is the thing that kind of. It didn't take me out of the film, but it was it was just like, oh man, it's so close. Because they did. They did such a great job with this. Um, was the sound. Sound design is actually very good here. Mm-hmm. But the sound design is just a little bit louder than the dialogue. So at times I I can't hear the dialogue yeah. as much as I can hear the background sound. You know what I think that is though? It feels like there's some monologues in certain points where the characters are whisper talking. Maybe, yeah. And if they were just talking at a normal tone, a normal acting tone, then it, it would have helped. But yeah, there were there were some times where there was some monologuing going on, and I could I could hear it, I could understand it, but it was just a little lower than it needed to be. And I was like, oh, I wish we could just turn this dialogue just a little bit higher. So yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there. Dan, question for you. So this this movie mainly takes takes place in the woods, and uh, there is a there's like a threat, this like ongoing like raiders mm-hmm. or these like cultists kind of characters. How did you feel first? How did you feel about the woods? How did you and then how did you feel about the these villains? Okay, so you guys know me, and if you don't know me, just put a camera in the woods and I'll watch it. I'll watch whatever you film in the woods. <laughs> it, it's like it's it is nature's gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is nature's and gift to filmmakers. You know, it's, it's easy cheap. to film in the woods. So I don't blame them. It's always mysterious. It's always strange. And like I think what really is interesting about this one is it's it's filmed very much in broad daylight and yeah, the threats that are in the woods are like they're threatening, and I was pretty creeped out by the people who were in the woods because they wear these like blank doll face masks and they're like covered in blood. So good, good on that uh, costuming choice. But the the main, <laughs> I feel bad for laughing, but the main guy who's like leading the those people. No. Yeah. He's, he's wearing like a pirate outfit. It's Captain Morgan, and I don't understand it. 
Because, yeah, the, the baby masks are really cool. And then you see this one guy walk out of the woods. He's got, like, a pirate sword and this big floppy hat. And he's like, ahoy, matey. No, he doesn't say that. But he's like, let's go get some breakfast. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't know. It was a little much. It looked silly at first. And, I'm like, I, I appreciated it afterward. But it's like, all of a sudden, a pirate comes out of the woods. I'm like, okay, we're, we're here now. Um, but... They do some crazy stuff that I wasn't expecting. Well, uh, we're coming into spoilers now. So if you'd like to see when everything is gone. It's on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Amazon. So yeah, go check it out. Dan, why don't you keep talking with your words? Okay, so this film is about Rory. He lost his brother, um, which we'll talk about soon. And um, actually, that, that... him losing his brother, that is the big original part of this film. But it takes so long to get there because we have yeah. flashback after flashback after flashback detailing Rory's relationship with the brother. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily get the brother's psyche so much. And, and it sucks because there is a story between Rory and his brother, but because we aren't identifying with his brother in the present because we can't because he's dead the weight of the psyche is just not present until the very end. Yeah. So what happens is Rory's brother, he ends up killing somebody in self-defense and he can't handle it. So he kills himself. Well, I think he was also infected too. Oh, was he infected? Yeah. I think the blood got on him. And then, cause when it shows him last, he's got like the sunken eyes. Uh... He kind of looks like a little messed up. So I think he was infected with the, the virus though. I thought they were immune. I was a little confused about yeah. that. Well, because Rory is immune and that's what I, that's what I had thought. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. Realize... So maybe just Rory is immune. Yeah. So I found the story of the brothers to be more interesting than the other story with the the mom and dad and the daughter. Mainly, I don't know, I just like their their bond and chemistry together I enjoyed and I would have liked to see like more of like a an odyssey with those two trying to go find their parents or something along those lines. Rory eventually when after his brother dies he he leaves and he's he's on the road for like 6 to 9 months he doesn't even know just traveling aimlessly trying to find any other survivors that don't want to kill him. Yeah. And then he stumbles in this neighborhood and he goes into this house and this guy Casper the friendly ghost uh finds him. No, he's a human man. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and his daughter uh, Rosie. So there's Rory and Rosie, which I thought was like, ah, those names are too similar to me. So he meets those two and then he's like, oh, okay, these people are nice and normal. And then there's this thing of like, oh, should we trust this newcomer who's shown up? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I'm liking this. This is interesting. But this whole other subplot with the the mom having the brain tumor and she's like slowly dying and we keep like cutting to her and she's like saying all this really sad. I just almost feel like she should have been relegated to a plot device rather than someone they tried to give a character to. And I I kind of get what they were going for. I just don't think it worked with the overall story of what they were trying to tell. Does that make sense? It does. I don't, I, I, I kind of disagree because I, I did appreciate both story arcs. I appreciated the flashbacks of the brother and I appreciated the, the, the dad and the, the daughter thing going on. So, so basically what happens is Rory 
is delirious, delirious, and he's going to um, stab this guy because he walks into his house. Like Roy just up and walks into these people's houses because he thinks they're mm-hmm. empty, and he picks up a knife and he starts to to. F- flail it everywhere but then he passes up from dehydration so this guy is a doctor conveniently which is great i love convenience <laughs> um and he hooks him up in an id bag <laughs> I- id bag IV an bag. id bag he says your name is bill now bill simmons <laughs> he hooks him up with an iv bag and they start to hit it off and they have the brewskis that that jared's hell talking yeah about. brewskis where are they getting these beers like how are they able to sustain themselves they say they have a generator i understand that but it's at least been a year since the apercalypse see now i'm not going to touch that because there was a very mean review the only review that this film has on imdb and it says oh yeah the apocalypse happened but people are cutting their lawns like there's clearly not well, this is a low budget film yeah exactly. I, okay yeah, so it's I like see. just get off your high horse bro and then, <laughs> then like the review's like i couldn't even last 10 minutes and then why the fuck are you reviewing it dude <laughs> reviews are saved for people who made it through the film okay uh yeah yeah i don't know man i don't know anyway i could overlook where the brewskis came from it doesn't yeah I, I can't i, I thought he was maybe making silly. them anyway he goes around at night and loots places. Yeah. So they scavenge for uh, stuff. So the mom dying, that was touching. And that that is what propelled the dad to leave. So basically what happens is while Rory is here, the daughter, what was her name again? Rosie. Rosie. So Rosie's like, yeah, there's this place they call Eden. And it's, it's like a safe haven for people after the apocalypse. Everybody's convening there. And mm-hmm. dad's like, nah, it's not. Um, I'm going to go to the other room. Don't you kids plot to leave and fall in love. Your mom's getting better. Your mom's getting better. Okay. See you later. <laughs> and yeah. And then he, he leaves while they like make kissy faces at each other. Um, so I guess the big plot is like, should they go North to Eden where potentially the mom could die because she's very sick or should they go South where it's more tropical so they can survive the winter and, uh, just live like as fishermen. They both kind of sound like pretty good deals. I mean, one is like gamble. It's it's really, it's like, should we go with what's more practical or hope? Mm-hmm. Should we pursue hope, you know, or, or, or not? And it's like, what is, what is being alive without having hope? I think that premise is interesting, but it takes so long to get to that. Yes. I, I don't know if we said this already, but it, this movie is two hours long and it is, it's just way longer than it needs to be. If this movie was cut down at least 30 to 40 minutes to really like snap and speed up. I don't even think it's that the plot developments. I think it could be a solid because it's it's not two hours. It's an hour and 50 minutes. I think it could be a solid hour and 40 and we can get rid of some of the B-roll of walking. Well, maybe not because the cinematography I like the best, honestly. Um Maybe some of or less of the the dream sequences because he has quite a few of those. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe less time with i don't know because it's everything has a purpose in this film but i think what jared's getting at is does this purpose match my interest yeah i just wasn't really engaged right a lot of the time in this film and it could be the content or the subject matter really just wasn't doing it for me but yeah it was just like it's like I would see the scene, I would get it, be like, all right, let's let's keep this train of moving. I felt like 
a lot of scenes didn't have purpose from scene to scene. It would be like, these two characters are going to have some small talk, but like, what is the, what is the overarching thing we're supposed to take away from this scene? Like, I don't really know. Is it just that they're getting to know each other? And that, I mean, that can be good, but it, you also have to be giving feedback to the audience of like, what is the audience uh, expecting or getting from them watching this particular scene? So uh, more purposeful scenes, I think. Because they've so meticulously mapped out like how the cinematography is, where the camera's gonna be, like all this other stuff. And I just, I, yeah, but go ahead. So let's get into, so mom dies. And dad has a really upset time with that, of course. He dresses up as a blues brother. Yes. I remember that. And he, they, they, they decide to go north to Eden. That's the, that's the game plan. And yep. a, along the way, um, dad gets very upset with Rory, <laughs> which <laughs> this scene was awesome to me. It's, it has to do with that hopelessness that you're talking about and like addressing it. So, Rory is leading them like he's like we're gonna follow you because you're the one that's been out here for years or however long you've been out there and Rory and Rosie are talking and dad's like screaming from the other like off screen he's like get over here you gotta come see this and then he goes and then there's a river and dad turns around to Rory he's like out of all the times that you were here and all the maps that you've read you didn't know there was a freaking river here <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to cross it? This is pointless. You took me and my daughter out of the safety of our home. And here we are. And then luckily for us, Rory had come up with, you know, a, a scheme because he had picked up, you know, that float from Jaws um, where the kid gets eaten. <laughs> that yeah. that very float. Um, he picks that up in... <laughs> in a uh, in, in a condition. a junk pile, and then he has an inflatable device to go across the river. Anyway, that was a cool scene with the fording of the river, and it's at this point. I think it was like just before that, actually. One hour and eleven minutes in, we have a fight scene with the cultists. Yeah, who I don't know if we've explained them, but they're like these people that think that they need to kill everyone. So like almost everyone died. We're here to, to like finish the job. Would it have been interesting if there were more of a villain presence, like a main villain, and he had his own goals and ambitions, and we were actually like kind of learning more about him? No, not for no? me. No, okay. I, right. I mean, it would have been granted, it probably would have been interesting, but that to me sounds too much like Walking Dead. Like every oh, fucking, every yeah. fucking new arc they have, there's somebody whose politics is like doing a society wrong. So I like the fact that these are kind of like an unseen presence or an un, unknown presence. We don't know their motivations. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good. So Rory and Rosie get across the river. Okay. But then the cultists catch up to them and dad is still not across the river and dad dies. Yeah. Why did I would jump in that fucking river and just start swimming, man. I mean, he could have made it. It's a river, man. A river runs through it. Oh, no, I know how deadly fucking rivers are. <laughs> rivers will kill you so fast. Yeah. As long, just don't swim against it. He could just, like, you know, swim with it, but also to the other side. Maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe. then the cultists will pull out their bow and arrows. <gasps> You're right. But we all know that cultists are afraid of water, so that would have stopped them. Yes. Oh, what I, so what I was going to say is, 
one hour and 11 minutes in, we have a really cool fight scene. And I was like, yo, this fight scene's like pretty well choreographed. I'm enjoying this. And then I started thinking like, what if this whole movie was just peppered with fight scenes? <laughs> it would have, I mean, oh boy. How, how I'm painting myself now is not great, but it would have been more entertaining for me to see people do kicky punchy during this film. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. I, I just i to me i don't see how what that would have added besides mm. you know kicky punchy entertainment i wanted more existential dread i think that's yeah. that's what's missing from the film for me like the, the the narrative is there it's about hope and hopelessness i want more deep diving into each character's psyche for that you know what I mean? Like instead oh, yeah. of instead of Rosie and and Casper just being there as causal agents to get them to go, go into their psyche. We don't really get to know the deep thoughts of everybody, and I think that's that's what my enjoyment of the narrative. That's where it waned because mm. I liked where the story went. I liked the characters. I just wanted to know more about them and their motivations. So yeah, that that dread or pressure that they're under isn't felt sometimes with the other characters. Well, they they kind of just seem like they're doing all right. Yeah. Like, especially cause like every single time we get a flashback, not every single time, but at least two to three times we get a flashback of Rory and his brother. The brother brings up, well, the world's gone to hell. So why should I care? Like it's, it's, it's almost like it's blase to them, you know? Yeah. 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 All right, Dan, final thoughts. What do you think? If anything, watch this film for how good it looks, because that is the A-plus material. Just mm. beautiful composed shots, beautiful drone shots. It's it's fantastic. Acting's good, too. More anger. <laughs> <laughs> more anger, more, more dread, despair. more kicking and punching. <laughs> No, in in all reality, though, I just I wanted a fresher take on what this was tackling. Um, I I kind of see the angle of the pandemic kind of stuff going into this too. I see that, um, but I'm also not a big fan of pen like the whole pandemic angle because like we lived through it. It's like I don't want to you know I don't want to see a movie about that either. So just think of think of more twists or or interesting ways to to tell the story that you want to tell to, to keep the audience engaged with what is going on. Um, what I'm trying to say is I am a, a small uh, kitty cat and looking for twine and string to entertain <laughs> me, to keep my attention. Uh, but yeah. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Dan, uh, please do plugs. You can find us on Twitter at indie film pod. You can find us on Instagram at indie film review pod. You can email us at the indie film review at gmail.com. Go check out our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Indie Film Review. Patreon. If you are a filmmaker, you submit a film to us. Um, it, our wait lick, our wait lick, our wait list. Our wait lick. About... Our wait lick is only like three minutes. I will come to your house right now and do that for you. But how long is the wait list? Our wait list is about six months. And um, oh. for filmmakers, if you donate $5 to us, then we will bump your film up to a shorter wait time. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, peace and love be with you. Uh, Dan, you have the final word. 
guys, 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 I just looked outside. It's not the end of the world, but the ice cream man's here. Um, what do you want? <laughs> uh, and don't shortchange me because, Billy, you still owe me three bucks. <laughs> Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.